Hey, everybody. This is Mandy, and I am currently eating peanut butter out of a spoon. Hi, everybody. This is Ollie, and you might know me as the girl who says, did I lock that? Did I turn that off? And just goes to sleep anyway. <laughs> and this is the Mandy and Ollie podcast. You search for guys with the most things. Daddy ran away, left your mama with the keys to the Mustang. Yeah, keys to the Mustang. So how are you doing today, Mandy? I heard you're eating peanut butter off a spoon. Is that common for you? Um, I did it because I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm trying to make dinner later, so I'm not trying to eat too much, much. Mm-hmm. Or I really don't know what to eat. Cause I have a bunch of fruit, but that's not that's not hitting the spot. I needed some protein, so I was like, "Let me hit this this peanut butter real quick." Plus, right. I am drinking sangria currently as well, so <laughs> I, I definitely need something kind of to podcast. counteract it. Well, <laughs> you told me. You told I mean, we me. we can make it happen like that, but I'm drinking the sangria because it is what I made um, as a part of my goals. Sangria was on your to-do list? On my to-do list, I was supposed to make a cocktail, um, when I was supposed to make a cocktail from scratch. What? So for, like, everybody or just to test out your own mixologist skills? Uh, I mean, I made it for other people. Um, when I made it, I forgot one of the ingredients that I feel like has really made it, like, super good. But at the time, pretty much everybody was like, they didn't like it. <laughs> So I was oh, like, no. it's okay. My feelings are hurt. I just followed the recipes my first time, blah, blah, blah. And then I got home, and I was like, oh, snap. I forgot to add the ice cubes because part of it was supposed to um, basically make lemonade or have lemonade and uh, turn it into ice cubes and then put those ice cubes in the drink. And I feel like that really makes a difference. Like, Because mm-hmm. when I first drank it, I was like, eh. This is like, but ever since I've been adding them ice cubes, this this is it. It's everything. <laughs> it's been hitting better. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you say that because, first of all, kudos to your honest friends who weren't just like, yeah, this is great. Make it all the time. Bring it to the cookout. Kudos <laughs> to them being like, eh, eh, this ain't it. <laughs> Try again. Yeah, it's like, I don't like this. <laughs> In fact... You know, like, when you take a little sip of something, like a smaller sip? They took a small, they poured a little bit into the cup, took a sip of it, and was still like, I'm throwing the rest of this out. I ain't even going to finish up <laughs> a little bit. I poured it. So I like it. And I'm just like, okay, you don't have to drink it. I'll drink right. it. It's fine. Oh, look at you taking it for the team. Okay. Appreciate that. I mean, I bought the ingredients. I was, no, one of my friends did uh, buy the wine for me. So I appreciate that. But, um, you know, I spent the money to, to buy the ingredients to make it, so I might as well drink it. I know you're on that hashtag, no food waste. Hello, shout out to the other podcast, no food wasted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's like the first part, I guess, of my update for my goals. Another update, I, I did a lot of the stuff that's on my goals list, except for... Of course, that working out. <laughs> Be like that, that. Pesky, that pesky ab workout. And I had a doctor's appointment this week. And my doctor was basically like, come on, 
you know, let's think of all the things we can do for exercise because it's really important that we mm-hmm. get this 150 minutes of cardio a week. And I had to think about that. I was like, 150 minutes, but that's two and a half hours. And really, I'm like, two and a half hours a, day, a week yeah. shouldn't be that much. But the amount of time I spend sleeping and watching TV, I ain't got no more time in the day. There <laughs> <laughs> ain't time left to do nothing else. Have you thought about while you're watching something exercising? You know what I mean? Like just doing like some dedicated sets, like, like you know, in front of the TV, like whether it's walking with weights or, you know, just doing some calisthenics or in place. I think, I mean, you got to think for a 30-minute show, you'd be done. Yeah. I've never thought about it. But I definitely need to consider it because she was talking about, like, gym memberships and stuff, and I was like, mm, I'm cheap. And she was like, I get that. So what about um, work? Does your work offer a program, like, where they get points or work out or, like, discounts at certain places that like might, might be a gym or something? Um, I don't think so. We're about to move building soon, and the new building is supposed to have a gym inside of it. Cool. So I've been kind of excited about that, but a lot of my other team members that I guess be working out for real, they're all like, it's probably going to have one treadmill and three dumbbells and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, that sounds great. It's free, right? <laughs> That's all I'm saying about it. It's free. Right. I can only use one at a time anyway. <laughs> right. If I got to come in the office, I might as well get a workout. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's funny. Was that all that was on your to-do list? Well, I did meditation. I had meditation on my to-do list. I want to really spend time focusing my energy, focusing my breathing. I've never really been into meditation, but I've been just feeling like it's very easy for me to either feel bogged down by all the stuff that I have going on or to get distracted by social media stuff. And um, I just heard a lot of people talk about finding that center within yourself and that energy and just taking a couple of moments to pause. Mm-hmm. And doing that can really be kind of like a refresher or energizer for you. So I did that. After I went to my doctor's appointment, I had to go back to work, and I was just feeling like tired already, like, oh, I'm not trying to make it through the rest of this work day. I'm just so tired. So I just took five minutes and meditated, and I felt a good amount of rejuvenation to say, okay, I have energy and focus to go back into work and finish these tasks. So it was something like I had on my list, but I wasn't still not prioritizing to do it. So when I did it, when I did do it, I was like, yeah, this is something like I feel like I should do continuously. Like I feel like I could do it continuously and would want to do it continuously. Anytime I feel like I'm being bogged down or just not having the energy or the focus, like that meditation is really going to be worth it. Do you find it hard to get back into a routine after you've been knocked out? Like say you've been meditating every day or exercising every day or eating um, certain foods every day. Do you find it like, so say if you have a meeting that comes in and knocks you back 30 minutes or a family member, a friend comes over and knocks you back an hour, do you find it difficult? Because I find it difficult to get back into routine. And so the task I was completing or used to doing just kind of waver away. I definitely can get distracted by people. In my mind, I can have something set out for what I'm going to do. 
And then as soon as someone calls and is like, hey, can you do this or what are you doing and blah, 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 it will pull me off of the tax, task that I had intended. But I don't feel that way with, like, the meditation, I don't think. I feel like that's the thing I can do to help counteract. Right. Okay. Uh, I didn't have a lot on my to-do list. Like I said, instead of getting, a like, a frank to-do list, a static to-do list. Mine is more of a calendar. So I have the month planned out. The month's about to be over, though. So what I need (laughs) to do in the little bottom note section is, you know, start planning out June or what I like to accomplish or do in June. And um, my goal is to have a steadier schedule. My schedule is in flux a lot because of all the different pots my hands are in. But I would like to at least get some kind of balance of normalcy, like, okay, minimum seven hours sleeps between here, don't eat after this time, try to get this in every day, and by this I mean, like, some rest or get this organized. Like I said before, I I have, like, my hands in a lot of pots, so I'm always multitasking, so that leaves a lot of projects started but not finished, so I want to, at least in June, kind of reset and say, okay, this is what I need to do in this month, so this is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to organize all of these bins today. I'm going to wash and fold and put up all of this laundry on this day. I'm going to do this, you know, dedicate. I'm going to start and complete a task in its entirety. So that's one of my goals for this upcoming month. That totally makes sense. I've done this so many times where I'm like, even if I'm, I'm like, I'm going to even shorten like my task to maybe two things or three things to make sure that I focus on completing it. Mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking about like bucket lists the other day and how I had previously made a bucket list um, for a milestone birthday that I had coming up and I didn't complete like almost any of the stuff on there. But by having that bucket list, I would put more energy or focus into it. So now that I'm, again, coming up to the milestone birthday, I'm like, oh, yeah, what was on that list? Maybe I can actually finish it now (laughs) or just think of something new. Like, even if, I mean, definitely the goal is to finish, but focusing on it helps too, I guess, for me anyway. Okay. Are we ready to dive into this? Into what? What are we diving into? (laughs) Into my this is a safe space topic. Oh, yes. I'm always ready for this as a safe space. Okay. I'm not going to say trigger warning, but I'm not going to not say trigger warning for our listeners. If we feel like we might need to say it, we should probably say it. Yep. Okay. Well, trigger warning potentially, or maybe not trigger warning. Depends. So, well, this is called this is a safe space. So this is what you get. This is a safe space. Supposed to be able to talk about it. So my this is a safe space topic for today is black excellence. And that sounds very, very broad, but what I mean specifically is allowing black excellence to have its time. I feel like in America, clearly, 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 there's some (laughs) uh, bad history and, you know, which has continued negative effects into the present for black Americans. And... I understand that America is a melting pot. I understand that everybody is welcome, and I understand that everybody wants to be treated like a human. However, semicolon, black people have been disenfranchised, have been put to the wayside, and have been abused and ignored 
for as long as I can remember, previously and currently. And just to see this resurgence of black people in entertainment and Hollywood and trying to fight for their rights, I really, really push push and support that. I support everyone fighting for their rights. However, I think it's pertinent and important to realize that Black people, again, have been disenfranchised longer, have been fighting for their rights longer. So when you have these subgroups, other people fighting for their rights, trying to say, well, we matter too, it's like, yes, you do matter. You definitely do matter. Gay rights matter. Trans rights matters. LGBTQIA rights matters. Um, Any other subgroup matters within America. If you're not a white American, you matter. However, when it comes to those who have just gone through, like, I feel like the worst of the worst, I feel like it's black people. So I feel like it needs to be addressed and black people need to have their shine. I specifically, (laughs) when it comes to entertainment, I see black people getting their shine, but I feel like it's still surface level. We have some shows, we have some movies, we have some networks, if I can say that, but it's still surface level. So it bothers me, trigger warning, when other ethnicities are like, well, Where's the Asian character in the show? Where's the Indian character in the show? It's our time to shine, too. And I'm just like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally like pump the brakes because I understand, again, America's a melting pot. We're all here. We're all mixed up. But I don't feel like it's necessarily your time to shine. Usually when we see film and television, entertainment, music, podcasts, it's mainly uh, driven by white Americans. So if we have black Americans who have been disenfranchised and ignored and mistreated, I feel like if it's anybody's time to shine, it would be black Americans. And I'm just going to say it, you need to wait your turn. <laughs> I'll say that. Mm. And I'll, if you have a problem with it, I'll say it. You have to wait your turn. Just like even now I see <laughs> certain medias where it's like where there might be a black character in this script, now there's not. Now there are three white Americans and maybe someone from the Middle East, maybe someone from an Asian country, maybe someone from somewhere else. So it's like we it's 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 funny because it's like now everybody wants to be big on inclusivity and it takes away from black Americans. I do feel that way. So I appreciate this resurgence of black excellence. I appreciate the newfound opportunities that are coming. However, I don't necessarily agree with where someone's like, well, if you want to see yourself in a film or in a show, you have to write it yourself. Not everybody's capable of that. Not everybody has those connections. So if you already have someone who has the backing, the production, the financials together, and you have the opportunity to insert a character based on real life, based on true happenings, then why not let it be, not let it be, why not let a black actor or actress who has earned that right be in that project? So I know that was all over the place. To drive my point home or to make it, you know, long story not so short, I feel like black people need to be able to enjoy the shine that they have earned without having to yield to other ethnicities that's my point okay that was a lot (laughs) i know (laughs) and this is a safe space so i'm not Mm -hmm. gonna say anything to take away from that view and that feeling that you have Mm -hmm. because it's a valid thing that you feel 
um, it makes me think about a couple of things um, in the media. One is a lot of the controversy that was happening with Gina Rodriguez, who I am a fan of. I didn't, she had made, I didn't know there was controversy. Yeah, she had made some comments about saying how they were talking about uh, pay equality mm-hmm. in general, and that she was saying how Latinx people, people in the Latinx community make less than any other racial group in the country. And so a lot of the issue that people had with it is that she's using the other minorities as the stepping stool or like the cause of argument to raise up the awareness for her beliefs and her cause, which is kind of what you're saying. Right. Which is kind of what you're saying where it's like, instead of replacing the black character with a Hispanic character, why aren't we taking away from the additional hundreds of thousands of white characters and then adding a Hispanic character. So I will say I understand that regard Um, where it feels hurtful and frustrating to feel like for other communities to be represented, black people have to lose their spot in order to make way for another, another representation. Another Thank you for thought that my point. <laughs> That's a better way yeah. to say it. Yes, because another again another example of that that I have is when they talk about interracial relationships being represented in media and in television and film. There's always a base person being white, so it's like a white yeah. and black relationship, a white and Hispanic relationship, a white and Asian relationship, and yeah. it's like. It doesn't have to, white isn't the standard. You, if you're going to be more inclusive or show more opportunities of inclusivity, you can start by just removing the white people from the conversation. So again, bringing up Gina Rodriguez and um, the film Someone Great, it was her and Lakeith Stanfield together, an example of an interracial relationship where the white person didn't have nothing to do with it. Right. Which um, I appreciated seeing on screen because I hardly ever see that. If I, I don't, I can't even think of a film just off the top of my head where I've seen that. I'm sure if I think about it, maybe. But you're right; you don't ever see really minorities together on film. It's either a white woman or a white male with someone else. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the additional point I would say is that the black community has very much been dedicated to the upliftment of, like, so many minority groups, um, even while trying to uplift ourselves. So, like, a good example I can give is the NAACP Awards. It stands for the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. And they haven't changed it. They've been focused on that colored people. So every time they have the awards, they don't just say, well, what are all the black shows and what are all the black movies that are out there? Like... Jane the Virgin, again, bringing up Gina Rodriguez, has continuously been nominated. Um, this past year, Crazy Rich Asians was nominated. Like, any opportunity to showcase how minority uh, racial groups are making advancements, are out here working and grinding, we do uplift it and we do acknowledge it and we do support it. 
but that does not mean that we have to should have to take a back seat in order for other people to get their shine. And I do agree with that because I love I want the opportunity to watch more things and have more representation for a variation of people. So like one show that I was really enjoying on Netflix was the remake of One Day at a Time, which featured a Cuban American family. And then they canceled that joint. And I'm sure they're going to add more shows, but it's just like, I don't even know why they did it. Like it it was a Cuban American family with um, a child that was a part of the LGBTQIA community, and then they removed it. But if they remove it, if they add something else, like I surely after saw a, a television show with Melissa Joan Hart where they like were adopting some one random minority child. So it's her white family and then one minority child as opposed to an entire minority family that had one white guy on it who was like, or whatever, of the, the super of the building. But it was just like one of those things where it's like you're trying to, to instead of giving us a seat at the table, you're trying to give a, throw people a bone. And it's like we don't want a bone. And we don't want to say there's only but so much room at the table for certain people. So I completely understand that. Um, but I just wanted to feel like, I guess, give that distinction because um, I enjoy – just like a variation of shows and experiences, like watching other cultures, especially like being able to have that through Netflix, it gives a lot of um, international shows that I wouldn't have otherwise seen. But that doesn't mean that we want to lose our own representation in the process. Right. Thank you. That is definitely what I mean. So you hit the nail on the head. I'm not <laughs> saying like only black Americans need to be on te- television screens or with white Americans. What I'm trying to say is we shouldn't be interchangeable pawns. Like yeah. we should all be able, like you said, to sit at the table. So, yes. <laughs> and we can say that and still, as Solange would say, you know, rocking our fubu, this shit is for us. <laughs> like, right. It's not to hate on y'all, but we're black people are the shit. So let's not try and take away from what we do. Exactly. Thank you. You conveyed my point so much better. I feel like that was your this is a safe space. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's all you, fam. That's all you. I just added my commentary. You just put your sauce on it, okay? okay. Put a little sprinkle in that. All right, all right. I see you, Salt Bay. <laughs> do you have um, an addition for This is a Safe Space? I do. Mine feels a little bit more vain. My This is a Safe Space is about my insecurities with wearing my glasses. I have been visually impaired since about the age of seven. <laughs> so for most of my life, I have had to wear glasses in order to see. In fact, I remember being in the third grade and um, my parents, you know, trying to do their due diligence had got me a new pair of glasses for school. Or it was around the beginning of school, whenever they could take me to the eyeglasses place. And I was sitting there and I kept telling my teacher, I can't see the board. And you know how teachers just think you being disruptive? They're like, okay, all right, okay, all right. <laughs> but eventually they said something to my parents. And my parents was like, that's impossible. We just took it and get new glasses. 
And I'm like, all I know is I'm sitting in class and I can't see. <laughs> and the teacher is on my seat, so I'm not getting any closer to the board, but I'm telling you I can't see. And then it came to find out that the obstetrician or whomever made the glasses, they put my old prescription in my glasses. So then my parents was heated because they was like, we pay all this money for y'all to give my daughter new glasses. And y'all gave her new glasses with old lens. <laughs> what kind of something is that? So I had to get, the point is, I've been blind for a long time. And um, my vision has only gotten progressively worse. So as soon as I had the option to wear contacts, I started wearing contacts. But I'm not really as responsible with it as I should be because I like the the feeling of just waking up and being able to open my eyes and see. So I be sleeping in my contacts even though I know I'm not supposed to. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, they do make contacts that you can sleep in, but I don't think you have those, right? Um, hmm, probably not. <laughs> um, I sleep in my contacts. Sometimes I've been wearing my glasses a lot more, but the point is that I've, I have this strong insecurity in, with wearing my glasses. Like when I was younger, that was my only option, so I don't think I was as insecure about it. But as soon as I got contacts and I was literally able to see myself, like I could look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, this is what I look like or this is who I could be because I felt, I felt like a different person. Um, and, it's still, and I still feel that way. Like they make a lot of jokes in movies about like the, the ugly girl or the nerdy girl that once she took her glasses off, now she's beautiful and popular and blah, blah, blah. And people are always like, that's so unrealistic. That's not true, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, <laughs> it is true. <laughs> like, maybe you, you, I'm like, it's, it's, the people that you're showing in these films got, like, the basically reading glasses and with no real lens and prescription in them. And then all y'all literally did was take their glasses off. And so they looked the same as they did with their glasses. But because my prescription is so strong, I have never looked like the same person with my glasses on as I do with them off. Like, when I was in middle school, I used to go around and trick people by taking my glasses off, and they thought I was a different person. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. <laughs> Wait, it's crazy to think about. Like, I pulled a stunt one time where I was trying to get some extra pizza. Like, they were having a pizza party, and I showed up one way with my glasses on and one with my glasses off, which is hard to do with the glasses off because my point is, like, I can't see. So I'm going there trying to act like I'm not basically looking at them cross-eyed to get extra pizza, but they didn't recognize me, so it, it, it worked. So I've been trying to wear my glasses more to get more comfortable with them, but with as bad as my eyesight is now, it just feels worse. Like, I don't feel like, okay, I'm an adult now. I feel more comfortable. Like, now I'm an adult. I care about what I look like even more than I did when I was a kid. I care about how people perceive me, even though folks feel like you shouldn't. But, I mean, like, the way you represent yourself, is, it matters. And I got these new glasses, and when I was trying on the glasses and I had in, like, the contacts, you know, and I'm looking at them in the mirror, uh, when I was at the optometrist, it's like I kept trying on different frames, and I, none of it felt good or right, but I was just like, what do I feel like is going to look 
the least bad when they put the prescription in, which is hard for me to guess because it's even it's not going to look the same once the actual prescription's in there. And then I got my glasses and I put them on and I looked in the mirror and I felt terrible about myself. I really did. And then the prescription was just so different than what I had before. I didn't even know if I was seeing better or differently or what. It was just like weird to even be wearing them. And then to look at myself in the mirror and I'm just like, I hate the way I look, but I have to wear these. So this has been really sucky because I got something in my eye recently that I guess doesn't want to come out. And as much as I've been trying to take a break and then put contacts back in and stuff, my eyes just keep bothering me, keep bothering me. But I'm more comfortable suffering through my eyes burning wearing contacts than I am going around wearing my glasses. And that just really sucks. (laughs) Bonkers. I'd rather be suffering with my contacts than wear my glasses. That's that's like on a whole nother level. As a fellow person who wears glasses, I definitely understand what you're saying. I, however, feel like in the beginning I was used to my glasses, and I did feel like that ugly friend. I felt like the fat, ugly friend who wears glasses, who no one wants to talk to, and yada, yada, yada. And um, when I first started putting in contacts, it was not great. Like, I had to have my mom put it in the first year. The first year, y'all, I had my mom put in my contacts because I couldn't touch my eye. I kept messing up and everything. And then after a while, I was like, this is too much. I'm just going to go back to my glasses. And if this just is what defines me, then that's fine with me. But I understand what you're saying about trying them on, having to look a specific way or wanting to even present yourself a certain way and not achieving that. And I don't think people realize, like, what you try on in the store is not what you get, depending on how much I call uh-huh. it medicine, depending on how they bend the frame or how thick it gets. You can come out there looking like your granny in them because of uh-huh. how thick the lens and the bifocals get. So it's just like you want to be comfortable because this is something that is going to be on your face. This is something that people are going to see, and it's a tool. It's something that you need to use. So I understand your discomfort, and I understand you probably just saying, you know what, I'll just suffer for the contacts because this is what I'm used to, this is what I'm comfortable with. So do you think you'll get some different frames? Do you think you'll just suck it up? Like what's your plan of action here? I don't feel like I have many options. So because of how strong my prescription is and, like you said, the thickness of the lens, I've basically been told I can't get, like, the trendier frames that people have. Like when people have, I guess, bigger frames on their face, you can see it, it fits differently on your face. But because of how thick my lenses are, I've just been basically told you can't do that. Like you can't have like the bigger, cooler, cuter frames. You have to have small frames. So then I put the small frames on my face. I don't like the way they look on my face. On top of that, because of how strong my prescription is, it makes my eyes look smaller when I'm wearing my glasses. So it's like I'm wearing something that's ill-fitting for my face, and then, like I said, I look like a different person to myself because of the way that the glasses make my eyes look. And I'm just like, I've gotten so used to, with contacts, being able to see myself, I guess, as I really am and as I like myself to be. Because I'm not even like someone that's like, oh, I, I like to... Uh, look perfect all the time, 
But I do just feel like I want to look like who I feel like I am. I want to look like who I perceive myself to be. And I don't perceive myself as the person that I look like when I wear my glasses. Mm-hmm. So, and then I'm just like, I I wouldn't, I don't really want to spend more money on more on new glass frames or multiple different glasses. I would rather spend the money to get more contacts. Mm. Oh, have you thought about, okay, so I know two people personally, like not in my outer you outer have circle, LASIK? In my inner circle. Yes, and they, like, say it's phenomenal. And um, one of them said they have a lifetime guarantee. And so, Oh, that's really good if you got that. Yeah. I have looked into it. Again, I'm very, 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 very blind so it's hell of expensive for me to try and get lasik um insurance does not cover it and because of how bad my eyesight is i'm basically gonna have to do it again in 10 to 15 years after i would have already done it that's what i thought too and i asked so the person that says lifetime i said what about the 10 to 15 year touch of and they were like no they said it's not necessary but if it happens that it's included and i I asked them how much they pay for it and they said about 3500 and i was like Okay, I guess that makes sense, you know, because we're still young for a lifetime, you know what I'm saying, to, mm-hmm. like, have a lifetime of vision, not having to worry about glasses, so, and the recovery yeah. time was, like, immediate, like, I picked them up, they just couldn't drive right after, but the next day, they were fine, I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, I know someone that's had it, I follow people on uh, YouTube who have had it, and so I went to do the consult, but once they told me what it was, they just, like, yeah, it's well over 3500 for me. What? Are you kidding me? I'm not joking. <laughs> I did not think I wish I was. it looks like that. I thought it, I didn't yeah. by how bad your eyes were because I'm like, y'all not even doing anything. Y'all programming the laser to go in, pull the film back, doom, 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 zap, 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 put the film back on. So I'm, I'm very surprised. Yeah, it's varied by how bad your eyesight is. Well, maybe mine wouldn't be 3500 I haven't had a consult yet because, again, I've just accepted I'm the glasses person. So I actually, I choose glasses that I feel like don't fit my face on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like I try to go for the bigger glasses now or things that are just kind of different or a little bizarre. I like different colors because I'm like, if I'm going to have this on my face, like why not make it fun? So I don't always choose like the most perfect it for me. I just try to choose something that's fun, I think, at least. It doesn't even feel fun for me. Like, I don't even look at the frames and be like, oh, this looks cute. This looks cool. I gave up those feelings a long time ago. You know what I also did, though? Like, maybe two rounds ago, two, three years ago, I went online. As long as you have your prescription, you can order your glasses online. And if they arrive and they're messed up or, like, you can't see, you can return them, and they'll try again. So that that will give you, you know, way more inventory to look at if you want to do it that way. It would give me more options, but I would be nervous about what it would look like if I can't try it on first. <laughs> even though I usually, even though I don't tend to like what it looks like when I do try it on, I at least like to have the options to be able to say, no, not this, okay, maybe this, and blah, blah, blah. Right. I was going to say a lot of the sites have this camera where it's like you put your face in the camera, like your camera, your laptop camera, your phone camera, and then they literally, like the digital version of the glasses will be put on your face so you can see it. And I know it's not the same as in person, but, you know, it's better than just not, you know, just luck of the draw. So some of them do have that technology, and this is three, like I said, two, three years ago, so I would expect it to have been, you know, more advanced by now. 
where they're like, okay, this is exactly what the glasses will look like. So definitely mm-hmm. something to look into if you like. It's funny because you say that, and I literally got a reminder yesterday saying, hey, it's time for your Neo appointment. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> for my optometrist. It's about that time. But, yeah, this is something I've been thinking it's about. So sad it now. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't like, mean I, to bring I, it on to a sad mood, but no, I'm like, this is how I, I feel. I've only see you in, seen you in glasses a handful of times. When I have, I've just been like, oh, it's you in glasses. Yeah, it's not <laughs> on, that's not on accident. That's a purposeful thing. Like, when I'm at home, I definitely just wear them more. I'm like, all right, it's just me in the house. But if, I, if anybody going to be seeing me, i I put on my glasses. I put on my contacts. Yeah. I do remember growing up, you have color contacts. So you had these, like, light gray contacts. And I always thought it was interesting. <laughs> At first, I thought they were weird because I've never seen anybody with light gray eyes. I was like, that's a little weird. Then I got to know you were friends. I was like, oh, it's just Mandy's eyes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely something I played around with uh, in high school and early college. By the time I got to college, I think I was over it, but I still had so many contacts left, so I decided to use them until I ran out. <laughs> I remember asking my parents, specifically my mom, to get some, and she was like, uh, no, you're looking, you're getting contacts at all. I was like, all right, okay, that's fine. And then after that, when she had to put them in for a year, she was like, yeah, no, I'm not giving you even more <laughs> contacts. You can't even put them in yourself. <laughs> I think the color ones were like the same price for me, so that's when my mom was like, "Sure, get whatever you want." We had a Pearl Vision membership, and everything there was expensive. So, oh, I had Pearl Vision too. Girl, did you really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like it was super expensive, especially having two kids that need a. Well, she had her eyes were messed up too, so a family yeah. of three needing optometry care, and you know they want to add on all this stuff. Well, these give you night vision. This turns into into magic when you go outside in the sun. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, this is scratch resistant. Like that little fifty nine dollars for two frames go up to like five fifty real quick. Yeah, but that but that's what I'm saying. Like for me, the contact like the contact prices were about the same. So for basically throughout high school, I didn't wear glasses. I just had my contact, which is why there would be some t- days when my eyes would be irritated and not only wear one contact because I didn't have an alternative. <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> okay, but how's your vision? <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't driving back then, so I didn't think it was super important to, okay, to need both eyes to see. You're ridiculous. What if one starts suggesting and the other one's just left behind? Mm. Mm. All right. Such is life. It's the rapture, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Okay. Uh, what's next <laughs> on your docket, Mandy? <laughs> um, I just have a couple of adulting things that okay. I wanted to talk about quickly. Okay. I was thinking about how I have never had to really get into a physical fight. And I appreciate that, <laughs> that I'm in, in my adult life, and I don't suspect to ever have to hit somebody or somebody have to hit me. And then with any other disagreement I have, it's literally like choosing my battles. Like if someone comes at me yelling or acting crazy, going sideways, I can choose to be like, I don't, I don't want to do this. 
I'm, I don't have time for this. I'm not in the mood for this. And then walking away. <sighs> Mandy. Okay. So you all, listeners, Mandy and I have known each other for quite some time. Most of my friends' friends I've known for quite some time. Mandy and I have known each other for quite some time. There was an incident in high school where this bullyish, tall, behemoth girl, like we were walking down the hallway, and she like tapped Mandy on the head and like kept dancing and went back to her locker around her friends, and they're laughing, and Mandy just kept walking down the hallway, and I kind of just stood there frozen because I didn't know what to do. I was like, am I supposed to hit this girl? Am I supposed to fight with her? But Mandy kept walking like nothing had happened, and I was just like, I literally... <laughs> I was literally frozen because I feel like if both of us were fighting her, we would have had some chance, or we wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have had our behinds given it to us. But her friends are there, anyways. I was just, I was, I was scared because we were younger than her. I want to say, and maybe not younger. She got kept back, I think. Anyways, we were younger She's than tall. her. We were smaller than her. She was tall, like tall, one of those tall people that you're like, I don't know if she's going to graduate because she just be doing stuff that's not school related <laughs> on school ground. And so I remember it happened. I remember it clearly, and I think about it often. And when I say I think about it often, I mean even to this day, and I'm like, should I have jumped in? Should I have done something? That's something that still kind of eats at me even now. So I don't even that's know so if, funny. if you – remember it like I remember I it or maybe you were just it. like I gotta go to class like <laughs> no I do remember that that's funny that you think about that <laughs> it happened to be I don't think about it that much but when it happened and even till now it was something that happened in a way that didn't make sense to me and I think that's why I didn't really react to it like <laughs> right you know, like in movies when somebody knocks somebody's books down and you're like, stupid nerd. It wasn't even like that. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> she just pushed my forehead and kept walking. And so I kept walking. And so I was just like, I don't even know why she did that. Like, why? <laughs> who just goes down the hall touching people that they don't know? <laughs> or that they don't, they're not friends. It was just so strange to me. I was just like, I'm not even going to give that energy because if I go back to ask follow-up questions, it's going to be more trouble. It's going to be more than the action that she did, which was to push my forehead. And if I were, and if I had reacted as an adult, like as an adult, I would look back and I'd be like, I can't believe I got in that fight over that girl pushing right. my forehead. <laughs> And I'm but sure her, time, her little friends were sitting there like, oh, you seen right. that? She just touched right. her. She ain't do nothing about it. She, right. see, I'm big. I'm bad. I'm this. I'm that. And I'm like, no, you right. stupid. Cause right. It's not like I was, like, expecting you. It's not like you pushed me and was like, I'm going to meet you outside. See you at 3 o'clock. We're going to be scrapping. <laughs> she didn't say anything. So right. I was just like. Right. I just thought she was really tall. Her hands be swinging. It's <laughs> my forehead. I just remember being frozen. I was frozen with confusion and frozen with fear because I was like, all right, this is about to be my first fight. Why is this girl back at the locker dancing? I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> it just threw me off. And to this day, I felt bad about that because I did not take action 
even though you didn't take action, but I was so confused and I felt, I feel bad. I still feel bad. I'm like, maybe I should have done something. Maybe I should have said something because I don't think you knew her. I didn't know her either, but she was honestly jealous of a high school relationship that I had with somebody. So I was very confused as to why she didn't do that to me. I was, that's another reason why I was confused. Like, why is this, why is she, I don't understand. I was just very, very confused. Um, I did know her because a lot of people that I went to high school with I went to elementary school with them too so it's not that I knew her that well it's just like I'm like oh I remember you from elementary school even more reason why I never took a lot of people the stuff people did that seriously because I'm like I remember when your tooth fell out or (laughs) or if I didn't meet them in elementary school I met them in middle school I'm like I remember when you got boobs I remember when you was musty and didn't know about deodorant like So you can look at it now like, oh, you big and bad because you on the cheerleading team, but people used to talk about you because you used to stink. Like, I just never used to take a lot of people seriously and the stupid stuff that they did seriously because I'm like, there's a time when we all used to just be on the playground hanging out with each other, and now right. you think that you big and bad, and I don't look at you as anything but that little kid that you used to be. So... Right. It was just one of those things. But when you say that, that does remind me of an incident that happened, which is more like a sexual harassment thing. And that's the one that really, like, had me, like, paused and, like, mm-hmm. felt uncomfortable upset. Was, again, I'm walking down the hallway, and um, this guy literally twisted my nipples <laughs> as I was walking sorry, down the hallway. What? In high school? In high school. You know him. You were friends with him. <laughs> this guy, he just, re- it was on purpose? He reached out and... Yes. You, Ali, you know. If there was ever a thing that a guy would do for you, they would have been touching your butt. And for me, they would have been touching my butt. That's boots. true. That's true. <laughs> I don't remember us talking about this, though. I can say who it is, and we just, I'll edit it out the podcast. Is it Ethan? Oh, no. Oh, really? Uh, I don't even like that person. Uh, right. Yeah, no. No, it's something, it's someone that you actually were friends with, that you actually like. That's what I'm trying to figure out, because I don't remember you telling me this story. Do you want me to tell you who it was? Yes. <laughs> it was. Oh, okay. Well, but no, that's not okay. Did you, like, what did you do? Were you frozen again? Like, what happened? Yeah, I was frozen. I was just like, I didn't clock him. I wish I had, but again, yeah. I didn't fight. <laughs> I wasn't a fighter in high school, but um, it just caught me off guard because I couldn't even, again, understand the dynamics of how he was able to get both his arms out <laughs> towards my bosom area, <laughs> grab my nipples and twist, and then oh keep and keep himself in full stride. Oh, he side. twisted them. I thought you meant he yes. just, like, brushed his hand against your nipples. No. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I'm just like, people used to wonder why I would be wearing like eight T shirts. <laughs> and a Because I'm like, after, after that, layer. I'm like, clearly I need more protection if people have easy access to my boots. <laughs> if they can get at them like that, I clearly need to be wearing layers. Yeah, that's beyond inappropriate. Or why would you, you're right, why would that even cross your mind to do in high school? Like, to do at all, but not a, let alone to do to a peer in high school. That just is bizarre. That's bizarre. And I'm just like, I assume that that person has learned better. Like, we were maybe, that was maybe like sophomore year. I think it was sophomore year. So I'm like, I can only assume that that person, you know, don't do that type of stuff no more. Now that we're grown adults, but at 15 years old, 
maybe that's what he thought was was cute or cool or okay to do. No, like I I understand having the boyish or the girlish crushes and stuff, but doing stuff like that is not appropriate. That's not okay. Like I don't care what age you are. <sighs> and I don't even know why they would think that. Like I. I don't I don't know. I don't know why boys think the way they do, and I don't know why girls think the way they do. Or even I look at some teenagers nowadays, and I'm like, were we like that? Were we that young? Were we that naive? Were we that out of it? Were we that out of touch? And I'm just like, I don't think I would we were. Say, I did a lot. No, I was. I did a lot of inappropriate <laughs> stuff. I did a lot of naive stuff. I did a lot of not crazy. Like, I wasn't crazy, but I just did stuff where I'm like, now I'm like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe, like, I was, I was shady. I was, uh, like, I'm sarcastic now, <laughs> but this is something that I was fine tuning in high school. So I would say and do things where it was just like, I would be low key mean because I was just like fine tuning my skills. And I'm like, what can I say that's going to be rude or mean or whatever? Or how can I? Or, like, flirting. Like, I feel like back in the day, yeah, I would do some inappropriate things because that's what we thought was flirting. Like, let me go for the most obvious thing. And now it's like you learn that's not what that is. So I don't think he was flirting with me when he did it. Again, I don't know why he did it. I'm sure if I asked him today, he wouldn't even remember that he did it. But because it happened to me, of course, it's something that I will never forget. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to say we were all goody two-shoes growing up. I just, I feel like some of that extreme stuff maybe we didn't do. I mean, I got into my own little troubles and whatnot in high school, but, like, I wasn't, like, reaching for God's junk or stuff like that. I'm just like, what's the point? Like, what are y'all doing? Yeah, I waited till college before I was reaching for God's oh, junk in public. I'm still learning from my mistakes. <laughs> you know, it's a constant learning process. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the point is like, yeah, with all those things that have happened to me, I'm still just like, I never had a reason to throw up these hands. And I'm kind of glad I didn't because... Uh, my hands and my arms are like the smallest parts of my body, so I, <laughs> I never felt like I would have been good in a fight to begin with. You literally have like you had no fat on your arms. <laughs> yeah, they're just so tiny. And people would say, and I was like, no, it's not. And I remember one time when you could put your hand up to mine, and I was like, oh, it is tiny. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like I'm taller than all of my friends, and yet my hands are smaller than everyone else's. It's very strange the way God proportioned me. Have you ever wanted to get in a fight? Like, I remember in middle school, like, I wasn't, like, the most fashionable person. And, like, the stuff that I was sent to school to wear now, in retrospect, I'm like, if I had a daughter, I would never send her like this. (laughs) I had, like, this church skirt with this church shirt. And I remember we had to wait in the uh, lunchroom before, like, homeroom or if we came there early. And I heard this girl from the next table. She was describing the skirt. And I was like, that sounds like my skirt. And she just was describing a shirt. And I was like, that sounds like my shirt. And I looked up, and she was looking dead. (laughs) at me and she was screaming I can't wait to fight her I can't wait to knock her out and I'm like talking about me she was like 
Where did this happen? Where me <laughs> out, right? She wants to knock me out, and I was, I was just like, just busted again. I don't know if my mom didn't see me go out that morning, or if she was rushing, or if she just didn't care. I don't know, but I was just busted. But I was just like, you want to fight me because of what? I Exactly. Doing? That's what, what are those talking about? <laughs> That's why I just couldn't, I couldn't find myself getting into altercation because I'm like, you mad at me because my mom bought me this outfit and it's not cool that ain't even my fault (laughs) like that episode of atlanta when um they did the like flashback middle school episode and donald glover's character got fubu for the first time it was him and this other boy had the same fubu jersey but one person's fubu was fake and one person's fubu was real and they essentially had to do a whole fight because they because people was talking about it back and forth like whose fubu's real whose fubu's fake and blah, blah, they was like, we got to fight. We're going to fight because he said my fubu was fake and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I mean, that episode ended tragically. I'm not going to spoil it for nobody. But I'm just like, it's one of those things where it's like I could have never gotten into a fight over something like that. And I hope that, like you said, when I raise my kids, I hope that I'll be able to provide for them in a way that they don't have to feel less than for whatever it is that they're wearing. But at the same time, kids are stupid. But as you can tell, based off our stories, they'll find any reason to mush your forehead in the hallway or to twist your nipples or whatever the case may be. So I could do everything that I can to possibly like make my kid look or feel cool. And then some other child is just could just decide that they don't like them and are going to talk junk at the next lunch table and decide they want to fight. Kids have it, like, hard. I know adults have it hard, but kids have it hard. (laughs) This when you're finding yourself and hormones and just life. It's kind of hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I would say, more difficult when you're a kid. You have less control over things. And then a lot of the stuff that people as an adult are have, like, issues with or anxiety about, developed when they were kids so it's like if there was a way for kids to be able to deal with and fix those problems when they're younger then we would be more uh well established adults but for most of us we just like i'm just glad i survived middle school man there's a jungle out there (laughs) middle school specifically was like the worst for me like there are a lot of times where i went to very dark places in middle school and i don't even feel like the people around me realized it or knew because Mm. (laughs) like i found a couple of journals of mine one time before and it was bad. I was just like, whoa, this is bad. Like, like I did not want to live bad. And I remembered, like, pockets of that. You know, I have a pretty good memory about my past. I remember pockets of that, but what past, what past Ollie was writing was just very, very, like, dark. And she was going through a very bad time in middle school. So I'm glad I made it out of there. I am. Yeah. I completely understand that. feel a similar way. I always talk about, like, that's how... Uh, little Ollie and Mandy history. That's how we met. So I um, was in middle school, and my parents decided. My first of all, uh, my parents decided that halfway through my seventh grade year, they just wanted me to switch schools, which is a nonsensical thing to do. And then, like I said, a lot of literally a lot. Of, 
literally most of the people that I knew in my middle school, I had met in elementary school. So I had established a good foundation of friends and people and all that stuff. And they decided I was going to switch schools, which was going to involve me having to wake up at the dawn of butt crack, <laughs> ride a bus. Yep. Put on, it was like I was supposed to put on like a uniform or something. And then go to a school with literally the only person that I knew that went to that school, I would not have any classes with that person. Mm. And then do this in the middle of the of the school year. Mm-mm. And to top it off, this is TMI. TMI, spoilers, if y'all don't want to hear something that might be gross, the first week of school, I got my effing period. <laughs> So I was so the first week of starting a new school, I got my period. So I was miserable. I was so freaking miserable. But anyways, I went to this new school um, in this new place, and Ali and her group let me sit with them at lunch <laughs> because I didn't know anybody. <laughs> I like how you said that, like I got the kingpin or something. Ollie and her group let me. I mean, <laughs> I can name some other people, but they ain't on the podcast. I'm not going to put them on blast. But it was, it was, I was just, they didn't have to let me because as we've already established, middle school kids are basically vultures. Like they're mean. They're waiting for someone to to die and then they're going to pick off all of the meat yeah. off their bones. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Not exaggeration. So for me to come in halfway through the semester and no one knows anything about me, it could have easily been a bloodbath to just where I would have gone and had no friends. Um, but they let me sit with them. <laughs> and that was the establishment of a the establishment of a lifelong friendship that ultimately turned into this podcast. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> nice. Was some nice nostalgia. This has been a very nostalgic episode. <laughs> you yeah. Hey, you remember what? <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, I'm ready to go into the underappreciated awards, unless you have something else on your docket prior. Nope, that's all I had. I'm ready. Okie dokie. So, for the first time, I think, ever in podcast history, my underappreciated award is going to an inanimate object. And that would be comfortable blanket slash throws. And I think that you could get so much done with a comfortable blanket (laughs) slash throw, whether it's weighted or heated or fluffy or rugged, whatever you're into. Like, if you can put a blanket on, it can make you go to sleep or it can make you so relaxed that you get work done. It can keep you warm. You can layer them. It's just, it's amazing (laughs) the the amount of tasks you can get done with a comfortable blanket. I recently got a heated, it's a small little heated patch, not a full blanket but I put that down and I put my two blanket layers on top of me then I put my comforter on top and it feels really really nice but I noticed once I put the comforter and the blankets over my head I fall asleep immediately and a lot of people are like oh well, aren't you gonna like suffocate you're not able to breathe aren't you I was like I can breathe it feels good <laughs> I fall straight asleep. if I can't breathe I don't know because I'm already asleep so <laughs> it's just amazing to me what a comfortable blanket slash throw will do for me what about you, Mandy? How do you feel about comforters and blankets and throws? 
I like them. I tried to get a throw, not a throw, a weighted blanket for Christmas, but because it's uh, winter and everybody is either A, looking for warmth or A, looking to feel a little less lonely when they uh single for the holidays, <laughs> everywhere that looked had run out of weighted blankets. <laughs> oh. And now that it's summertime, I don't need it because it's hot and I don't want nobody to touch me. <laughs> so... I don't have one, and I'm a little sad about it, but funnily enough, my underappreciated award was going to go to decor (laughs) (laughs) and, like, shopping for decor. So, again, we kind of on the same wavelength. Okay. Um, A good blanket, a good throw blanket can set off a room. Mm-hmm. That little pop of color or a mm-hmm. pattern, an accent or whatever can yep. really just make a space, like I said, pop, just like highlight or whatever. And I'm really into decor right now to the point where I'm like, I'm not even going with the intention to buy all the time. I'm going with the intention to see what's out there, to see what I like. And if I happen to, to find something that I'm like, oh, this will fit in my room, great. But the overall is just like I just enjoy being around and looking at and experiencing, like, you know, little accent pieces or just big pieces. I'm really into decor right now. And it seems like something that needs to be appreciated because folks just look at it like furniture is furniture or, you know, like decor is decor. Like you just buy things that you need in the house. But it's like when you're creating your home, you want there to be a good vibe and the decor is what helps create that vibe and that energy in your home and every time people come to my apartment I love to be like look at this new thing that I got <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say every time I visit you there's a new thing and that's because I don't visit as often but every time I visit I notice there's something new and I'm like this is so cool it's like expanding and it's like seeing into what you like so it's cool for me to see that so yeah that is my underappreciated work Well, guys, we talked about black excellence today. We delved into our past. (laughs) We talked about blankets and home decor. So, and glasses. Don't forget the glasses. I got to make my appointment. So that concludes the MNO podcast for today. Mandy, can you tell the listeners where they can find us? Yes, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MNO Podcast. I was I've been checking the Instagram and I totally forgot to check the Twitter, so I did that today. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh wait, we don't have we're not following anybody. <laughs> Let me go follow people and help build up our followers on Twitter. So I'm gonna and I've been a little bit more active and posting on there, but on uh, Instagram, that's my job. Follow us again on Twitter at MNO Podcast and on Instagram at MNO Podcast. Send us your questions and comments at mandyandolly at gmail.com. We hope to hear from you all soon. Subscribe to us on wherever you listen to podcasts so that you know when we post a new episode. Rate and like our episode, this one here, because it was a real good one. We gave y'all some inside tea. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for those Serious people... And for those people that have been letting us know verbally about how you feel about the podcast, just add that to the social media. <laughs> like, yes, please. We need the, the feedback. Like, <laughs> yes, we need the tangible feedback. I have received verbal feedback, which is great. But go ahead and type it up a little bit. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> get the clickety-clack going. <laughs> 
So yeah, that's all all we have today. Okay, we hope to hear from you all. Bye, listeners. Thank you for coming. Bye. Bye. Every weekend, I heard some things. I heard some things, but I can't complain. Cause I stuck to you and I asked your name. Yeah, I came with game. Tell me your name. She said, Roxanne, then you look so familiar. Yeah, you look so familiar.